Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everybody, welcome to another new episode of Undying Light. I'm your host, Pastor Alex, and we are continuing our series with the dangers and implications of social media and uh, how it has affected theology and how has it affected the church and all this stuff. And, you know, um, I had some really interesting conversations with a number of people over the last couple of weeks, just kind of centering around this topic as social media. Uh, influenced your theology? Has it had an impact, negative or positive? And I get kind of mixed answers between the two. I get some people who say, yeah, you know, uh, I found some good people to follow. I've gotten some really good, um, some really good uh, doctrine, if you would, or teaching materials. And uh, it has helped me to find better materials or other uh, reading materials. And so there are good things out there that social media has done, especially bringing together the Christian community. And I love that as one of the biggest achievements I feel that social media has had. But being this series, we are looking at some of those dangerous stuff and how uh, it can have a negative influence. And I kind of going to work a little bit uh, on this same pattern of thought for this episode and probably a couple more, depending on time and you know the content that I work through. And I really want to focus solely on some of the, the teaching aspects that pastors utilize this platform for from a negative impact. And we're going to look at, obviously, some of these false teachers and things like that that kind of um, get pushed down. And I think it is helpful and beneficial to us to really understand, um, you know, the, the greater uses of this. And so we're going to kind of look at it maybe from two levels today. And uh, I'm going to talk about one style of preaching in particular, and then we're going to look at some other stuff next week. Um, and then we'll move on into the level of people, uh, those who are qualified and unqualified to teach on this platform. And again, just because you don't have credentials doesn't mean that you're unqualified. And I've made that pretty clear on these last couple of episodes that just because you haven't gone to seminary and don't have an education doesn't mean you're unqualified. And I want to stress with how people utilize the platform when we get to that. Some people do utilize it to share 
their journey, their faith, and things that have helped them, and that is great. And then there are people who actually utilize this platform that if you don't believe what I believe, then you're wrong and you should be shunned for it. And that is, those are the things that we really want to make sure that we're careful on. And those are the things that we're obviously going to shed light on. So I want to, you know, kind of put that down that that's coming um, while we're still looking at the kind of construct of Instagram, if you would. Um, And then we're going to look at some stuff from Twitter and Facebook and all these other things uh, in coming weeks. So we've got I'm, you know, I'm kind of visualizing the the next six or eight episodes, and that's kind of how I'm looking at it. Uh, we will probably uh, assume the TikTok stuff in the next episode or two because a lot of what's there comes to Instagram within a week or two. And so that content is very similar. So we're not going to do just a separate entity of that. It'll be kind of looped up in with um, Instagram because if you kind of zip through you know, just about any feed, you'll find those those little TikTok captions that are um, the videos are shared and then reduplicated over on Instagram. So, uh, I want to kind of talk primarily uh, one aspect really quick, and I hope that we can start to really see how and uh, the, the influence that these people end up having. So, uh, I want to talk first, kind of the historical nature of the church, and then we're going to look at. Uh, the teaching and how that has kind of blossomed into today's world. So years prior, before really technology took a hold, teaching was done relatively in a local style church. And the the reach of a false teacher was, was relatively limited. Uh, they would have maybe their own small community, their own small congregation, or in some cases, bigger ones, depending on, you know, the popularity of them. And for a long time, even before TV, the reach was very, very minimal, and they could essentially write books and create doctrine if they wanted to, and some did, but they didn't have the impact that we see these teachers have today. And so, you know, that that's one aspect to it, and that's why this uh, series is really focused on the social media and how it has negatively impacted the church, because 50 years ago, we didn't have Instagram, we didn't have Facebook and Twitter and all this stuff. And in fact, we didn't really even have it 20 years ago. Facebook is only, uh, was, you know, it was kind of debuted to the public in 2006. So, or, you know, that's 18 years ago at this point. So we had MySpace, but really that was just a first glimpse into this, you know, worldly connection. And, uh, it, and really Facebook developed over time into what it is today. And it took probably a number of years before uh, the teachers really started utilizing these platforms for such things. So it wasn't even an immediate um, impact right out of the gates. It took a number of years before people started to push their narratives. So we're still relatively in the infancy, but we're seeing a lot of impact and a lot of negative impact across the platforms and towards people. And and this is really, again, the focus that this show is taking. So, you know, long before the TV um, took its hold, we didn't have as many issues. There were still heresies and there were still problems within the church. Obviously, we know that there were councils created, right? The Nicene Creed was written. Uh, the Athanasian Creed was written in opposition to the false teachings of the age. So there were false teachers and have been false teachers from the time that Christ ascended to heaven. 
And in fact, John writes uh, his letters, first and second and third John, to uh, counteract the proto-Gnostics in the first century. And even Paul writes encountering the Judaizers. And so we know that right out of the gate, right off the bat, you got false teaching and heresies and uh, false prophets come. And Jesus warns us against those things. And so this isn't an uncommon revolution to take place. This isn't something that just kind of happens to sprout out of the weeds within the last 20 years. This has been going on for 2,000 plus years. With the development of the television and the, you know, kind of shift towards the, you know, TV preaching style, we start to see much more reach of these false teachers. And really what we're getting uh, are these TV evangelists who have uh, pushed this narrative of prosperity and the word of faith. And these are newer uh, movements of the false teaching segments. And these became quite popular in the 70s and 80s and 90s and have still taken hold today. They've developed and have kind of uh, made themselves polished a little bit more. They're not quite as in your face. But I, it just so happened, uh, I got up this morning, I went to the gym, I get up at 4 a.m., go to the gym, it's always the first, the only one there, and I happened to turn on the TV because I get on the treadmill for 20 minutes, and I just, I, you know, I usually just turn on, like, the news or sports center or something because I just want to see something. If I have my headphones in, I just need visual, uh, something visual to watch. And it just so happened to be a Mike, what's his name, Mike Brickle? Or something like that. I can't even recall his name now, but he's he was a big time um, evangelist in the '90s and early 2000s, and he had this show. It's called Unexpected Prophecy or Unexpected Miracles or something like that. This morning, and I just I watched just a few minutes as he was praying, and he's talking about you at home on the couch. I can expect, and then he gives this like obscure number of like 1,900 miracles coming your way, and I'm like, oh my good, I like it just hit me for a wave it's like and this audience is captivated by his by his prayer they're sitting there and they're you know their eyes closed and their heads are bent and they're just nodding yes and amen and it's like what are you getting out of this you're you're lying to your congregation you're telling them that they're going to get all of these unexpected miracles all these unexpected blessings and you are going to reap in a large paycheck and in fact, just a few days ago, um, from uh, Hillsong, Brian Houston and his wife were caught uh, on a live mic off the stage deciding when they should do the offering. Should they do it before the message or after the message? And she's like, you should do it before because we want to make sure we captivate, uh, uh, capitalize on on that. And then it was you know, like, you know, they don't want to miss out on it. And then they start talking about their Rolex watch and all this other stuff. And it's just like, wow. It's like these people have the audacity to just to, to smear it in your face that they make all of this money. And then they go out and they push a narrative to get you to give them more money that they just don't quite have enough for the kingdom of God. And then they go out and buy Rolex watches and you know, high fashion Gucci and Louis Vuitton brand items, stay in five-star hotels, driving Bentleys and, um, you know, high-end cars and all this other stuff, fly first class in their private jets. It's ridiculous. In fact, the the whole fallout from a few years ago with the Hillsong um, Discovery Channel 
uh, series, I guess you'd call it. There was four or five shows that they did a whole, you know, a documentary on it. And it was when Carl Lentz came to the U.S. It was kind of the, you know, the, the, the story of Brian Houston developing Hillsong and Carl Lentz coming to the U.S. and the fallout from all that. And in there, they make a comment on one of the shows, and it really just blew my mind how they would have special debit cards for the staff. And so on a Sunday, they would they would go out and, and, uh, and achieve, uh, retrieve the offering. They would go out and gather in the, the money from the, from the crowd. I wouldn't call them a congregation. It's a crowd. They're in a stadium. They're in a, you know, um, you know, thousands of people. This isn't a church service by any means. And they would bring that money in and then they would kind of divide it amongst the people. Some would go to their, you know, kind of ministry fund, and then the rest would go to the staff. And the staff would then take this money on these preloaded debit cards and go shopping with it. And they would have uh, all of this, you know, kind of free-willed money that they didn't have to disclose anywhere. And they could buy all these expensive shirts and all these expensive uh, items and clothing and, you know, the, the, the pampering the top restaurants and the top hotels in the world. They just spent the money without care. And this was all on the backs of these individuals who come to church thinking that if they give money, God is going to bless them because that's what they're being taught. They're being taught that if they give so much money, God's going to return that blessing tenfold or thirtyfold or a hundredfold or a thousandfold. And they utilize this. Uh, and they they st- they say such things like if somebody's out there willing to just sow a seed of a thousand dollars, God is going to return that ten thousand times. And it's like, and so these people literally think if I give a thousand dollars out of my bank today, I I could get ten thousand dollars back somehow. No, that's not what's happening. You're being swindled by snake oil salesmen, and it just it aggravates me so much that these people have such an impact. And social media has allowed this to flourish uncontrollably. And so during the age of the TV evangelist, you had those people who would, you know, show up in the audience and then they would uh, broadcast it on their, you know, TBN or whatever channel that they would broadcast. Sometimes it would be like the local channels. They would have like a 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. church service. And they would always say the same things. It would be, you know, sowing the seeds and, you know, buying the miracle cloth or buying the miracle oil or the holy of water or whatever it was that they were trying to peddle to you. And these guys were straight cut prosperity preachers, you know, the Joel Osteens and, and all of those guys. And then it started to develop into, you know, the word of faith type preachers, the Benny Hens and uh, all of those guys where, you know, if God, uh, if you pray and have enough faith and you sow enough seeds and then God would be, um, will love you and thank you and then heal you for, doing such a thing. And both of those avenues have caused so much hurt. And again, you know, I come out of the Calvinist circle, but one of the people I still have respect for, I don't agree with this theology entirely, but one of the people I still have some respect for is, is, um, Justin Peters and the battle that he's gone through, obviously being somebody who's a paraplegic and having lots of issues being kind of strummed across in front of all these healing preaching ministries only to never actually get answers or healing. 
And they just tell him, if you have enough faith, God will heal you. And they keep telling him and keep telling him and keep telling him that, which I just find is to be uh, just the biggest pile of garbage to tell a person. And, you know, he'll, he'll even go on and te- you know, in his testimony and, and he'll make statements about uh, his experience with it. And he'll say, you know, a lot of the uh, preaching that is done there or the, the miracles that are done there are just psychosomatic miracles they're just adrenaline based performances and you know you're on stage in front of 10,000 people and you've got a small headache or you suffer from headaches and you know in the midst of all of the commotion the adrenaline hits and you fall over when the coat is swiped in your general direction and you experience that sort of you know moment but then never actually heals you these aren't healing ministries and I always make the argument, and it's probably a very generic one to say, but if they're truly healing ministries, then why shouldn't they be in hospitals? Or why couldn't they be in hospitals? Why can't they go to the children's wards and the cancer wards and heal these people? Because it's all theatrics. They want to stand on stage. They want to swindle people out of their money and and really cause fear because they're they're going to levy the law that if you don't have enough faith and if you don't give enough, then God obviously doesn't love you enough to heal you. And so this is a big issue. And a lot of it has been played out across social media now when you have these ministries that were once just kind of reserved to television and can be isolated to a channel or or to a couple channels. Now they have a platform that they can reach everybody on the Internet. And, you know, when you got millions or billions even of people on social media across all the different platforms around the world, you have an endless audience that you could peddle your makeshift theology to. And that's what these ministries are capitalizing on. And so if you go through like uh, just the job postings, you'll find that a lot of them are looking for social media managers and influencers and things like that to help them push the agenda out into the masses. And in fact, I just saw a job opening for one in Joel Osteen's church that you could be a social media manager and you can help run their one of their platforms and basically what you are doing is you're taking their sermon clips formatting them to run on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook or whatever you're producing that content out to the internet and you're using you know certain types of video edits and clips and hooks and all this other jargon that they use to get the audience's attention and then use the hashtags and all that to get the broad audience that you want to reach. And then you pay to have it, uh, to have it maximized. So that way it reaches greater audiences and you're getting your message of, of terrible theology out to the world. And that's exactly what these big time ministries are doing. And so you've got kind of a, a, a this encapsulation of, you know, big, big box ministries followed by these small box ministries followed by the true authentic church trying to preach the gospel. And we, the true church, are being overshadowed by the prosperity word of faith and all these fake healing and prophecy ministries that are being pushed out there. In fact, you know, I uh, this page, it kind of just spouted up a few months ago. It's called The Holy Nope. He does a podcast. He's a Calvinist, so I don't agree with a lot of his theology, but I find his videos to be kind of entertaining because he's always showcasing the ridiculousness on uh in the ministry across the world and he's you know he'll show a whole bunch of these wacky videos 
and he will get some that, you know, like for instance, he had one the other day. Uh, well, this was probably a couple of weeks ago. This guy was just uh, babbling on and on, and he's claiming that he's praying in tongues, and yet he's just babbling. It's mostly just a bunch of gibberish, and I made a comment. Um, I forgot what I originally said, but it was something along the lines of interpretation and how this is not biblical. And, and the backlash that I received from people that were supporting this guy and what to, what I'm finding is people have been so far deceived in the church that they 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 are so gung ho and so on fire for things that aren't really the gospel basis. They're 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 more gung ho about the tertiary topics and the gifts and the, and things like that than they are the actual gospel and the fundamental aspects to Christianity. They are so gung ho on the gifts to being present that they reject the simplicity of the gospel that essentially that if you aren't doing these things, then you aren't really saved. And how do you measure yourself to be a Christian if you can't portray or, or show or demonstrate to the people around you that you have these gifts. And so they use the gifts as a basis to demonstrate fruit. And they use the gifts as a basis to, you know, claim and, and show other people that you're Christian. And those who reject that, then obviously they're rejecting Jesus and therefore they are not Christians themselves. And so it's twofold, right? If you don't have the gifts, you're not a Christian. If you reject the gifts, you're not a Christian. Only those who have the gifts are true Christians. And if you go out and you find anybody that does this and are, you know, running on about tongues and babbling, you know, they're just saying gibberish. There's no interpretation. There's no uh, language that's being demonstrated. In fact, when, you know, you, you take into consideration Genesis 6, when the Tower of Babel was constructed, God sends down the, dis, the to disarray all of the people and create different languages. That was the first actual establishment of tongues. When you now go from one common language to multiple different languages, this is reconciled briefly in the book of Acts in the second chapter when the uh, when Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit comes down and releases that essentially for those who are present in that crowd and everybody's able to understand themselves and each other. Again, they're able to speak in other languages. They all understand it. And so those two verses are connected, but the demonstration of tongues in scripture is always around the fundamental basis of language, understanding another language. It is not... You know, another, it's just not endless babbling. And then you say that, well, this is the angel or this is the language of heaven or this is the language of the angels that they try to use. And it's not, you're just making a bunch of sounds and it's really quite obnoxious. And so he did this one the other day, this rapper trying to say that we can, he can sing in in tongues and rap in tongues. And this is how Christians should listen to music. And so I made a joke about it and I was just like, you know, I'm going to interpret this for you. I just said something along the lines. I like to eat my pancakes hot on top of a roof and while aliens are attacking. And I was just trying to be funny, but serious at the end of the line that this is nothing but a bunch of garbage. You know, you can say anything you want and nobody can question you because you, quote unquote, are ha- you have the proper interpretation. This isn't language. This isn't tongues. This isn't the gift of the Holy Spirit. And. I think this is a direct result of these ministries and the impact that they have on social media because these accounts, 
you know, whether it's the the low the low hanging fruit like the Stephen Furtick's and the John Grays and all those guys, the Paula Whites and whatnot, you know, they have tens of thousands or millions of followers. And then you go to the other end of that spectrum and you see, you know, these prophet those prophetic tongues and these prophetic ministries and they have tens of thousands of followers or millions of followers. And they are a direct result of those accounts. These people think because they heard it by some preacher on Instagram or some preacher on YouTube that they can preach in tongues and they took some lesson or some course. In fact, there are ministries that teach this kind of stuff via social media. Sign up for my course, click the link in my bio, and I'll teach you how to, you know, to use a prophetic mind and you'll be able to see and, pro- and prophesy the future and speak in tongues and speak the language of the angels. And they do this very strategically because it's a money-making scheme. And you're not actually being taught anything. You're just being taught a bunch of gibberish. And you are subcombing yourself to a false Christianity and to a false God. You are subjecting yourself to something that is completely and utterly unbiblical. And you are paying money to do so. And this is the big issue with these types of ministries. You know, like I said, I can harp on the Joel Osteens and all of that all day long. And we can go to the TD Jakes and we can talk about Kenneth Copeland and Joyce Meyer and all those. Those are the lowest hanging fruits. If you listen to this podcast, you know, hundred percent, hopefully that they are indeed false teachers. They are, they are the, the lowest hanging fruit that you can get. And, um, what I want to start doing is start to, in these coming weeks, pick out some of these ministries and name them. And so that you're aware of them. A lot of them are, you know, fairly easy to recognize they're the you know walking around and leg kicking their audience and they're doing the Benny Hinn style movements it's pretty easy to pick them up Um, and a lot of times they'll have prophet or apostle in their name those are pretty easy ones to pick up as well but in the coming weeks I want to talk a little bit more specifically about them and I want to talk continuous on continue to talk about these types of ministries but also the other things that are being pushed out uh, we're going to do an episode as well dedicated to uh, this kind of progressive ideology and the progressive movement that is taking over. We're going to do an episode on the deconstruction that is taking over. This will kind of bleed into the Twitter sphere as well because that's where we see a lot of this deconstructionism taking place. And so in the coming weeks, that's what we're going to examine. And then you know, before we leave Instagram entirely, we're going to look at those who have uh, who do not have the authority to teach, and they will be the ones that... Uh, we'll kind of tag on to, but I want to close with this thought and uh, we'll kind of, you know, finish our, our little escapades out if you would. And uh, again, this is just a continuous thing. Here's one of these, um, one of these individuals and his name is apostle Joshua Sol- Solman and he's from Africa and Africa has a lot of these types of people. And uh, I want to, Uh, Try and get this video clip in here, so I'm going to see if we can't get it over again. Adjust your volume if it's a little too shallow. I pray for someone, the dimension of wealth you have not seen. I call upon my God, the God of Jeshurun, the one who rides upon the wings of the wind. May my God surprise you. 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 Open up strange financial gates for you. Connect you to strategic helpers. 
give you wisdom to manage and multiply your resources in the name of Jesus Christ hear me and your acquisition of financial resources will not be at the expense of your relationship with Jesus the wealthier you are the more passionate you will be about the things of God with it you will be a blessing to many with it you will be a blessing to yourself listen I'm not praying for you for money to just buy tea and bread. You don't need my prayer for that to happen. Just be valuable. I'm praying for you to become a trustee. A trustee of the wealth of the kingdom. Receive it in the name of Jesus Christ. It's really easy to peddle that type of stuff to people who are less fortunate, people who have um, financial difficulties and people who are always hoping for a miracle. It's very easy to peddle that type of, uh, you know, ministry to them. And these prayers are very generic and this isn't scriptural at all. There's no passage in the Bible that talks about these types of, you know, wealthy kingdoms or God's wealthy kingdom or being a trustee of the kingdom of God. None of this stuff is scriptural. And, Obviously, we can sit and listen to this show and you can be like, yeah, I, I totally get that. That makes so much sense to me. It's because we're good discerning Christians. But it's our duty as well to help shine the light out into this world, to call these false teachers out and to call them by name and to stand firm in the gospel against people who will defend them. As much as it breaks my heart, this is the problem that we run into, as much as it breaks my heart, that these ministries exist, it's the people who are uh, who are defenders of it, the people who bite into this hook, line, and sinker. These are the individuals that we have to be very cognizant of and be gentle with. You know, we don't want to bash them down and drive them away from the gospel entirely, but we need to be careful with them and with their understanding of the scripture. We need to treat them as infants within the gospel and show them the very simplest things. And build them up from there. But these teachers are everywhere. And they have such a, uh, a tremendous influence on social media. And they get, they get thousands and thousands and thousands of likes and comments and shares. And people push this message out. And then they get the audio clipped. And you got somebody sitting in a room just saying, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. And this is the result of that kind of ministry. Because it's deceitful. It's easy to push this out to say, hey, God is going to make you wealthy. I mean, everybody wants to be wealthy. Everybody wants the money in their bank account. Everybody wants to live, to live a comfortable life, but nobody wants to work for it. Nobody wants to work and say, I definitely need this job or I need this time or I need to be you know, more cognizant of my finances. I need to be a better steward of what God has given me. Nobody wants to say that. We just want the big bank accounts to show up. We just want to, you know, wake up one morning and have an email from our bank saying, you know, a deposit of $10 million was made last night. And that's the easy road. And so these preachers bank on that stuff. So as we, you know, continue on in this series again, we're going to touch base on a lot of these. We're going to touch base on some more of the prophetic minds, but we're also going to look at some of the very low hanging fruit, the deceitful uh, preachings and things that have really you know, harmed, in my opinion, the church by and large. Uh, and then we will get into and examine um, some of these uh, false teachings and the progressive ideologies that have been permeated from it. So stay tuned until Friday's show. We continue on in the gospel of 
Matthew looking at the woes to the Pharisees and scribes in Saturday's show as we dig into um, the reading the Bible in a year. We're continuing that as well. And next week, like I said, we'll continue looking at uh, the false teachings from the pulpit and just kind of handle um, on and all into all of that and see where it leads us. So, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. I hope you guys have a great week. Enjoy the season of Lent, and I pray that you can get into uh, Wednesday night services and uh, have some devotional times with the Lord and hopefully partake in the sacraments more often. Have a great week. God bless. We'll see you all later.